Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 this is uh, Country Lady MJ Beck in the building, Heavenly Father. I'm coming before you on today, oh God. I repent, Father God, on behalf of your children, your sons and daughters, Father God. Father, I come before you. Thank you for waking us all up today, God. Thank you for another day in the land of the living. Thank you for the use and activity of our limbs, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for forgiving us, oh God. I thank you, God, for you, for the unconditional love that you shower us with, that you that you rain down on us with. God, I thank you that you forgive us on today, God. Lord, we repent for every sin that we have committed, Father God, that was not pleasing in your eyes and did not glorify you, Father God. Father, I come, Father God. Mm. For every sin that we have committed, sins of omission, commission, sins of transgression, oh God. Father God, sins known and unknown, uh, seen and unseen, conscious and unconscious, God. Father, I'm coming to you on today, Father God. We repent, we repent, we repent, God. We have to repent daily. Father, I pray that you will create in us a clean heart and renew in us a, a right spirit, Father God. Father, I pray that you would uh, uh look on us on today father god i'm coming to you on behalf of our men now i did a, a talk last week about our troubled men that was takeover thursday but today is mad makeover monday let's talk men our men men their hearts men their minds god god we think that women are the only ones that are emotional, that, that go through things, that, that lean to their feelings, that that go by their feelings, that react on their feelings. But men have been messed over, have been have been traumatized as children, have been abused as children. And then we grow up and wonder why we think the way we think we do what we do, we act how we react, God. But God, I'm praying for our men, God. I'm praying that you would make up make our men over, that you would mend their minds and hearts i call it mad makeover monday because i'm mad because i i don't like that we have men that's out here going through that's suffering and don't know what to do it's not always women it's not always women men go through stuff too and they need they need TLC. They need tender love and care. They need somebody to be there. Father God, they need somebody to talk to as well. They need somebody to pour into them also, Father God. They need somebody to sometimes just listen to them. Let them vent. Let them get it out, Father God. And then us as women, and I, I pray don't nobody come for me because I ain't sent for you. I'm speaking what's on my heart. I'm speaking what's on the heart of my father. And then us as women, I'm not saying all women, but us as us as women, then we look at these men, oh, I don't want him. He ain't this and he ain't that. He don't measure up to my standards and he ain't got this and he ain't got that. That's, that's not, that shouldn't even be what you're looking at. You should be looking at this man's heart. You should be looking at this man that might need Need you that might need your touch that might need you to just hold them like God holds us in his arms like he cradles us in his arms we got to do that for each other he might need you to pray he might need you to pray him up and out of whatever he's in we got spirits that we deal with every day there's 
spirits on us. There's spirits on our men. There's strongholds, strong men. The strong men is what we hold them and bind them in bondage. And we just look at them and we don't know what people go through. We just look at them because, oh, he looked good. Oh, I, I'm I'm wondering what the package like. And yeah, I'm being real today. I'm I'm keeping it one thousand. I'm being transparent today. And we oh, I wonder what his package like. And I wonder what his wallet is like. What's in his pockets and what he can do for me. We busy worrying about what somebody can do for us, but what can we do for them? What can we do for God? How can we bless somebody else? How can we be a blessing to our spouses, our mates, whoever you may be with? Whomever he might be, your fiance, I don't know, but I'm I'm really, I'm really, I'm mad. The word says that we can get angry, but sin not. I'm not sinning, but I'm coming on here because I'm praying for our men. There's a lot of men that go through a lot of things and we can't, we can't understand because we're not in their shoes. We're not going what they're going through, what they're going through. And a lot of times they won't talk about it. They'll keep it to themselves. And it'll build up and build up and build up and build up until like a, a volcano explodes and the lava is goes everywhere. They'll explode like a volcano and they hot lava, which could be their their resentment, which could be their um um rage, anger, bitterness, uh feeling unloved and feeling unwanted, uh, all kinds of things that they're going through, maybe addictions, they may be addicted to drugs, they may be addicted to medication, food whatever um whatever they dealing with that hot lava that's the hot lava that hits people uh that some people that don't even do nothing to them or haven't did anything to them but we get hit in the crossfires like when um a drive-by or whatever you you they shooting for somebody else but other people get hit in the crossfire an innocent bystander so when that when they explode like a, a a volcano, that hot lava hits innocent bystanders that may have been there for them, may have tried to be in their corner, but they that person, that innocent bystander gets hit with that. And and that's not right, but and maybe they don't mean to, but we don't know how to control the things that we went through or we going through or things that happened to us in our past and that stuff is in there it's in there like uh, uh like a poison from a snake that stuff is in there and, and it can hurt you it can hurt you and hurt others so i'm on here on behalf of my brothers uh, i'm i'm getting hot and i'm like I, I got to take the cover off i'm sitting on my couch my cousin cover on but i'm just getting uh, Lord Jesus, help me. I'm. Pr- I need. I. I told God I'm praying. God, I'm praying. This is my praying time right now. But God, I'm going on here and I'm going to pray before the people. I'm going to pray for my brothers. I'm praying for you. I'm praying with you. If you're going through something, been through something, uh, um, still going through something, even if you haven't haven't been going through anything, I'm still praying for you. Because you don't know what's yet to come. And I don't know what your mindset is, but I'm praying for the hearts and minds of my brothers because there's so much going on out here. So much people drinking because they think that can get rid of the problem. No, it's just a vacation. It's just a medication. That's what it is, a medication. But when you get sober again, it's like, hey, we right here. Peekaboo, I see you. I ain't going nowhere. I just stay right here till you came, you know, till you sobered up. 
Hallelujah. Lord, help us. God, I'm asking you to help your sons. I'm asking you to intervene. I'm asking that the blood speaks for your sons. I'm asking God that you step in, God, and help your sons step in, show up, show out, and show off in their lives, God. We got to get this stuff out of us. We got to get this junk, this garbage, this filth, this vile out of us. That's why God said he can't use us just any old kind of way. He said, I got to clean you up. I got to purge you. I got to purge you with his stuff. I got to put you in that um in that fire, that oven and, and get, get all that impurities out, how they, do, how they do gold or whatever, how they clean gold. That's us. We got to be purified. We got to be cleaned up. We got to be cleaned out. And I know my brothers, y'all, y'all, you know, y'all, y'all are made to be the strong one. God made you the head and you to be the strong one. And then you going by what you was taught. But see, we got to learn how to unlearn what we've been taught all this time throughout our childhood. Because a lot of stuff we was taught when we were taught wrong because our parents, our grandparents, the generation before us, that's what they was taught. You know, uh, when they were, when we had our ancestors were slaves and they were learning from probably their their master or whatever you want to call it and they passing that stuff down from generation to generation to generation and it's wrong and the generational curses have got to be broken generational curses have got to be broken off our men because i don't know when it went wrong i don't know i know after like my grandfather at the his generation it's like that's when it i, I you notice it going downhill men were you know love to go to work come home to their wives and their family eat dinner together talk about your day we don't do that stuff we come home if we could or order out sit on the couch eat watch tv and and or play so your, your man might play video game that's another thing them video games they ain't nothing but a device from the enemy that's distraction that's to distract you from being who God called y'all to be. He called y'all to be the head. He called y'all, y'all the head of the household. Y'all to lead your family to God. You are to protect, provide your, for your family. You are the protector, the provider. You're supposed to be there, you know, to lead your family and God, to direct them to God. They live God, live, live for God, live holy. Y'all go to church. And, and the conversation that should be in your house is talking about God, talking about the Bible. You can have your own little family um, family Bible study, but it's just so messed up now. It's just so much uh, wickedness and all evil. It's just so much evil going on in this world. It's not even funny. And people don't want to be like this. Men don't want to be the uh, the way they are, the ones that are going through. You got men that's suffering with mental issues, mental health issues. My God, they are spirits. That's what they are. They spirits, schizophrenia, bipolar, severe depression. Those are spirits, honey. They spirits, even rage, bitterness, and, and, and um, resentment. They're spirits, addictions spirits um sexual uh spirits you know uh uh masturbation um all kinds of stuff. i mean i'm it's everything that we deal with we think it's just a thing but it's really a spirit and the spirit is sent to keep you from doing what god called you to do who god called you to be before you was even in your mother's womb he knew who he called you to be he knew who he said you was going to be and what you was going to do he know who he called you to be and what you're calling and the anointing that is placed on your life is he already knew all that before 
again before you was ever even thought about being your mom having you or whatever in your mom's womb. Before that, he knew who he ordained you, he who he predestinated you to be, predestined you to be. He knew this. But men, we we I'm I'm listen, I'm I'm right here. I'm I'm on here. I, I got to do this today. It's it's strong in my in my spirit. But y'all, I know y'all don't think that you are you're not supposed to cry because you are man. The devil is a liar. This what is the shortest verse in the Bible? Jesus wept. He was a man, he cried. Y'all, that's a release. And we, even when you cry, it's not only a release or a relief. God is taking them tears as a prayer, and He's bottling them tears up. So you got, if you got stuff in you, you got the release. You got the release so you can get relief, release and get relief, my brothers. I'm, I'm telling y'all, get it out of you. Get it. You will feel much better. And then how you can, how can we love? somebody if we don't love ourselves how can we love our spouses our children our parents if we don't love ourselves because of the things that you may have went through some of y'all went through some very 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 traumatizing things as a child as a boy and guess what that little boy is inside of you and that little boy uh that that got hurt don't want you to do what God has called you to do. Don't want you to be who God called you to be. You even you you got pastors that's out here. Some of y'all are could be pastors, could be bishops, could be deacons, could be elders, evangelists, teachers, apostles, bishops, whatever God called you to be. He know who he called you to be, but he needs you to find who he called you to be. He needs you to love you. The thing about it is, y'all, and I, I'm on here not trying to preach. I'm supposed to be praying, but I got to let the Holy Ghost have his way. The thing about it is, mm, my God, have mercy, Jesus. God, y'all got all this locked up in y'all because we worried about what we see. We we walking we walking after the flesh. We walk we in the flesh. We not in the spirit. We we walking at the flesh. We supposed to walk after the spirit and not and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's what gets us in trouble. My God, I've been there, done that. I'm trying to help my brothers. I need you. I hope y'all listening. I hope you taking what I'm saying to he, my sisters. I hope y'all listening. Be there for your man. Really watch your man and see what's going on with him. See that there's maybe some things in him that he doesn't talk about. He don't want to talk about, but he got to get that thing out. We got to face our fears. We got to face the things that we went through in, in life past, in our past life. So we got to face that stuff so that we can come on up out of that and do what it is God called us to do. But they need love. They need tender love and care just like we need it. But we don't talk about men often. We're talking about us all the time. But what about our brothers? What about our, our men? What about our husbands? What about our sons, our nephews, cousins, father, grandfather, uncle, whoever? What about them? You never know what a person is holding inside. You never know what a person is going through inside. They might smile on the outside, but I always say they dying on the inside. They suffocating on the inside because they got all this that they dealing with and they trying to be this, that, and the other to everybody else. They trying to be dad. They trying to be friend. They trying to be brother. They trying to be father, husband. And they got this uh, stuff inside of them, deep down inside of them that they 
they push to the side, say, let me be my best husband, let me be the best husband I can be, let me be my best self, best, um, best self that I can be, let me be the best uncle, let me be the best nephew, son, grandson, hallelujah, uh, God Almighty, let me be the best who, who I'm supposed to be. But I'm not being who God called me to be. That's your best self, who God called you to be. The man of God he called y'all to be. All of y'all men of God, but we're just not there yet. You just haven't found your way. Matter of fact, there, there's the thought that I was trying to get out. That You got everything in your heart. You're putting everything in your heart, trying to fill the void where Jesus Christ is supposed to be. That's where he's supposed to dwell at. The Holy Ghost, you that's where you got that's where you need the Holy Ghost at. Everything else you putting in there, you 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 got to move it aside. My my boy said he sang that song. Um, I can't think of his name now, but he sang that song. You can move that over. You can move that over. You got to make room for the Holy Ghost. You got to make room for God to dwell in your heart. You got to make room for him. He a jealous God. He don't want nothing else before him. Anything that you pay more attention to, that you put your own on to, that is your God. That is what you worship it. You're not worshiping him. He put us on this earth to worship him daily. He did not put us here to worry or to fear, but he put us here for us to worship him daily. When we worship him, we get in that worship place. When we get in his presence my god is nothing like being in the presence of god like being the face of god when you get in that place there's where he begin to talk to you there is where he begin to reveal things to you he'll begin to uncover secrets he'll begin to tell you things about yourself he'll begin to tell you who he called you to be what he called you to do where he called you to go and what he called you to say you are his mouthpiece. You are his, his representative. We, you are his ambassador. We're supposed to represent God like you represent yourself. Good God Almighty. Oh, God, I thank you. And this thing is on my heart heavy. And it's like I, I'm coming on here with tears in my eyes because I'm the man. It, it's like I don't know. God has placed this thing on my heart about his sons, about they need tender love and care. They need somebody to be there for them because they always being there for other people. They always breaking their neck to do stuff for other people. And then you, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Give me, give me, give me, take, take, take. But what do you give them? Same with God. He, we give me, give me, give me, give me. Take, take, take. God, do this for me. God, do this for me. God, do it. Cause I be, I be, I be crying out. I'm crying out on behalf of my children. I got five sons, so I got five men that I'm crying out for. I'm asking God to let the blood speak for them. I'm asking God to let the blood of Jesus speak for all men, for every man, for every man that's going through, for every man that's out there on the street that's homeless. I'm asking God to let the blood speak and let the blood work for them because they need God. They need that blood. They need help. They need love. They need tender love and care. They need us. They need us. We need each other. The song says we need each other to survive. If we do, we need each other. We need to be praying for one another instead of talking about one another. We quit the gossip. We quit the backbite. We quit to put your name in the mud, drag you under the bus instead of saying, Father, 
help my brother, Father. Be there for my brother, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I thank you. Hallelujah. We got to be there for each other, y'all. This world is full of wickedness, and we have to be there for one another. Hallelujah to God. I thank you. Hallelujah. God, I cry out for your, for your sons. God, I cry out. I cry out because they don't know how to cry out for themselves. God, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I thank you. Hallelujah. Welcome. Hallelujah. Arlene, welcome. God, I thank you. I'm just crying out right now. It's This is heavy on my heart right now. Thank you, God. Well, God bless you, woman of God. This is a very, very sensitive, necessary, and powerful topic to talk about when it comes to our men. I don't know how to pronounce your name, first name, so I don't want to mispronounce it. Country lady. Country lady. <laughs> it's what again? Country lady. Okay, country lady. Oh, country lady, lady. got you, got you, got you. The K threw me off. (laughs) So I didn't want to murder your name, country lady. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. So like you was talking about the men, how do we pour into our men? How do we minister to our men? Because they pour out so much. The very first thing that hit my heart when I heard you talking was a lot of our men don't know how to be a father don't know how to be that man of God they're called to be because a lot of them have never had the example before them to live that out. So it's very difficult for them to develop a relationship with the father they don't see when their earthly father has never been in their life to be the pattern that they need that leads them to God in their own personal relationship. So what I do personally is take a personal responsibility upon myself, having three, four, well, not three with my married now, having five adult sons and then having several grandsons being that listening ear, being that nurturing heart for them to pour into them based on who God showed me that they are. And that's how I talk to them. I speak to the king in them. I speak to the gift on the inside of them. And even though they make mistakes, they may fall. They may make some dumb decisions and some foolish choices. I don't talk to them based on their mistake. I talk to them based on who they are. And I say, you know, that was not a wise decision. That was a dumb idea. That was not good. I'm not calling them dumb. I'm not calling them foolish, but I'm calling the act that they made foolish so that they will know I'm not trying to crush their spirit. I'm just trying to pour into them based on who they are. And when I keep speaking to them like that, they'll always have that to fall back on because that creates a foundation and that creates a hook in them. And I do an analogies like this with my sons. I say, you know, it's like when you go fishing, what you're trying to do is set your hook into that fish. And once the hook is set, you give them you give them leeway to move and jump up and down or whatever they're going to do. You reel them in and give them space. Reel them in and give them space. Once eventually you're going to be able to reel that fish completely in. We should do the same thing to our children, especially our men. 
We pour the word of God in them. We love on them. We forgive them. We nurture them. Then we give them the freedom to make their own choices, make their own decision. Then when they when they uh, realize that didn't work out, that word that's hooked in them will reel them in until they finally yield and surrender to what it is God has called them to be you know and as a single mother raising my sons i always surrounded them with men because i can teach them nurturing compassion how to treat a woman but i can't teach them how to be a man so i had to surround them with men that they could look up to and the same thing i'm saying means something totally different when it comes from a man so I did those things and I still do that. And even being married now, after 15 years of being single, I pour into my husband based on who God showed me he is. I speak to the king in him. There was a time when he wouldn't pray out loud because he figured he had to sound a certain way. But when I told him his prayer life, is based on his own relationship with God that built a confidence in him that he can pray, that he can pray because he's unique. He's not like me, not supposed to be like me. That gives him the freedom to walk in the liberty of who he is. And I think we as mothers, we as grandmothers, we as wives, we as aunts, cousins, friends, if we pour into the man, based on who God showed us they are, their confidence will begin to be built to know they're not perfect. They don't have it all together. But to also emphasize the importance of their visibility in the family, in the lives of their children, because vacant fathers leave a hole in the soul of their children. And it is the seed of the father that validates us. And when that's missing, we're looking for something to fulfill it that only our father can do. And if we don't get it from our earthly father, then we have to seek our heavenly father to be validated in that. So this is a great topic, uh, country lady. I apologize for going on and on and on, but know that I'm, I'm what you had to say because you made a lot of good points because I'm one that my dad didn't want to, you know, when, when I was younger, he was there, but not there. But now that I'm grown, he don't want nothing to do with me. So I understand what you're saying. And I'm just, I wish that I knew all this you know, back then when I was raising my sons, I did best I could. And then, you know, with my husband, I said, well, I, everything you're saying, I wish that I knew then. But I know that God keeps putting this thing on my heart about our men. They, they need they need tender love and care. They need to have somebody just listen sometime instead of us always going on talking and yapping and not listening. Now, I'm speaking for me because I used to do that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just loving what you're saying. So that's why I was quiet listening to wisdom. I'm listening to wisdom speak, you know. Amen. Amen. And I, I tell women a lot, we need to develop the hush ministry. You know, there's an anointing in the hush ministry. We don't have to say everything that's on our mind. We don't have to say everything that comes up. There's power in hush. Being quiet. You know, <laughs> there's an anointing on the hush ministry. And I say, if you do an x-ray of my tongue, there's so many teeth marks on it, some stuff I wanted to say. And, you know, sometimes we have a right to say what we want to say. But did we get permission from the Holy Ghost to say it? 
do we have permission mm. to say everything that comes to our minds? And there's a lot of times I would attempt and the, and the Holy Spirit say, you better not, you better not say that. I go, okay, I'm on hush. You know, obedience is so key, so key to be obedient. Just be quiet. You don't have to say everything. <laughs> Oh Lord, have mercy! And you know what's funny? Because the Holy Ghost <laughs> would say, "Be quiet, shut up, don't say that, don't say nothing." I got it, and I'm sitting there like, "Well, he getting away with it." And this is it. And before I know it, that mouth opened, it went like a like World War Six, and we ain't even had no World War Six. But that mouth got popping off at the, the Holy Ghost said, "Don't say nothing." And I, boy, I tell, you, I get myself and got myself in trouble every time. <laughs> But I know how I learned how to practice that that hush ministry, though. I know I got that down paid. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, one of the scriptures that really, really helped me through my wisdom journey with the Father is Proverbs 14 and 1, where it says, A wise woman builds her house, and a foolish one tears it down with her bare hands. And when I was studying that uh, particular Proverbs, I asked the Lord, so what does that mean? What does that really look like, God? He said, it's like this. He said, weigh the options of your actions based on what you say or do. Is it going to build? Is it going to edify? Is it going to be righteousness? Is it going to bring me glory? Is my, is my will going to be done in that? He said, that's wisdom. He said, but when you act foolishly based on how it made you feel and you feel like you got to be wrong, you got to say it, you got to have the last words, you don't how you don't care how it come across, but you just got to get this out because they shouldn't have did this. They shouldn't have said that. And, and they, that's tearing it down. Because see, what you just did mm. is made a permanent decision in a temporary situation. Because after you say it, you realize it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be if you'd have just hushed. Look at everything from a big perspective. If I say this, this is going to happen. If I do this, this is going to happen. If I say that, that's going to happen. So you hush for a minute. Your time ran out. Come back, Miss um, Arlene. Your time ran out. Come back. I put the time up. I know I did. Put it to 15 minutes. Yeah, your time ran Okay, out. I'm sorry. Oh, you, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I usually I look at the time, but I didn't at time. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's all about building. It's all about building. Yeah. It's all it's all about being the righteousness of God. It's about pleasing him and him getting the glory out of our life because love is an action word. So by building, I'm loving. By responding, I'm loving. But when I'm tearing down, I'm creating confusion and mishap and I'm tearing it down and it can't stand. Then I got to apologize. Then I got to try to fix it. That's a lot of work when all I had to do was hush and just look at it from God's perspective with the light of his word that I'm going to build my house. I'm going to use wisdom. I'm going to listen to the voice of God first before I say this, because if it pushes me to react, 
out of my emotions. I've allowed my emotions in that moment to control the situation when all I had to do was check myself and say, why did that make me feel like that? What is it in me that provoked me to do that? So if I sit and sit in it for a while, take a deep breath, and trust me, this has been tested <laughs> several times. And I say, okay, God, I want your results. I'm going to love this person based on the way you want to love them and not me. I'm going to take the time to listen to them, to understand them. That way I know how to respond and not react. I'm going to control my emotions instead of reacting to them. That way, God gets the glory and you're building. You should be teaching that worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> we, that need to be, I'm serious, that need to be taught because we got some young ones out here. And you could, I tried to tell my husband, why I tried to explain to her and my other son's girlfriend. And honey, they ain't trying to hear nothing. I'm talking, they don't want to hear that. They, they, they rather run their mouths. And they ain't trying that's because they don't know. They they they, they wasn't right, right. they were raised or not like that, but they don't know. I said, Do you know what it is to be a wife? We think we just get happy because somebody say you wanna can I uh you know, will you be my wife when you marry me? We get happy because oh we about to do the planning, we get the dress and we do all this that planning wedding. for the planning for the planning for the wedding and not planning for the marriage. Exactly. I was just that's what I was just where I was going. That's where I was going. I said, do you really know? I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 49 years old. And I didn't know, you know, what it really was to be a wife. We have responsibilities and roles to fulfill. And so does the husband. But mm -hmm. do we know that? Mm -hmm. We think that, oh, remember how you used to play house when you was a kid? Now that's what we're going to do for real. No, it's not playing house. <laughs> no, um, it's not. No, it's not. It's a job in itself. So right. I it's, tried to explain it's a, to the Go ahead. Yes. Oh, it's a relationship. It's a partnership. My husband and I are different. We just because we both come from the same culture, we were not raised in the same area. My husband's a city guy. I call him a concrete baby. He was born and raised in Chicago. I was born and raised in Arkansas. So I'm a country girl from the rooter to the tutor. So that's two different backgrounds, two different ways we were brought up, two different ways to understand what the trajectory of a family looks like. He never had a father in his home. My dad was always in my life up until 2017. So my dad was always in my life. So that's two different types of understanding. We got to come together in order for our relationship to work. There has to be some listening and some talking. There has to be some agreement because I can say one word that I understand from the South and he could totally not understand nothing I'm saying. This has happened on several occasions. Me and my sister be in a conversation. We talking back and forth and my husband is sitting there confused. And I said, what's wrong, sweetheart? He said, what does that mean? What does that mean? And once I start explaining to him our culture, he understands more now when he hears us talking. Now he's even taken on some of the words we use. And that's the way it is in a relationship. Until you understand each other's language, you can never build a relationship together.
That's good stuff there. I tell you, I, I just, oh, that thing was heavy on my heart. I had to get on here and laugh. I had to get it out. That thing was heavy. I began to pray and I said, oh, no, I got to get on here. Because I want men to know, it's men get on here, get on my talk. I want them to know. Yeah, we there's we it's women out here that care like this that want yes you got to be able to express yourself. I yes. know for my husband, he don't know how to do that. He don't yes. know how to we have a disagreement. He will text me instead of talk to me to you know face to face. I got too much to say. I ain't texting all that. I wanna say it to your face. I don't wanna text nothing. And there then I have to get a handle on myself. Mm-hmm. 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 My husband and I, we did a lot of talking during our courtship before we got married because I was in Michigan. He was here in Illinois. We did a lot of talking. We knew because I'm 61 years old and my husband is in his late 50s. So we didn't have time to play no games. You know, we two grown adults. We ain't got time for the games, the foolishness and all of that. So we just laid everything on the table. Not all at once, but as we began to communicate and talk. Number one, we wanted to get to know each other before we knew each other. So sex was completely out of the question because we wanted to really know how to communicate with each other to make sure we're on the same page. And that took time. That took time. That took, uh, we went through a lot together during that time. And there are times when we still do, when we recognize triggers that reminds us of our past to take us to a place to try to judge the current situation based on our past. And it's not fair to either one of us. So we have to take some time out, go in our own corners with the Lord, then come back and communicate. And it's okay if you don't talk about it right away, because too many, you're, you're, you, 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 at that heated fellowship that you don't know, they could really deteriorate your fellowship with each other. So it's okay to go and spend time out in the corner and talk to the father and let the father examine your heart and teach you a better strategy and way to communicate where it's healthy. So you can talk like adults and play like kids, not fight like kids and have temper tantrums but be able to communicate and talk like adults. And then you can play like kids in your marriage. So though that's the strategies we use. And my husband, I always say, think twice and speak once. <laughs> ah, I said that too. That's great. Yes. Oh, that's great. That's my buddy. He thinks like me. That's what I say. Think twice before you speak once because you got mouth get you in trouble. I know my got joy hanging out with you. Men that are in the audience, I don't know if there is any. Know that I do pray for the men, intercede for the men. My husband has a passion for the men. He he pours into them, he mentors them, he speaks to them. He that's his heart. You know, he never seen his father in his life. So he calls God daddy because he said, daddy taught him how to be a man, how to be a father, how to be a husband. So all of that. So he was angry for years. So he had to allow the father to work with him through his anger. So he wouldn't go around being, be hate, hating women. Period. But yeah, so he does. We work together. We work together. And we've been married now for over three years. But I tell you. It's so awesome to have a teammate. 
Yes, yes. And we're headed in the same direction. So I encourage the man. Go ahead, Lady Country. I'm sorry. You can speak because I can't hear you. You can speak. Your tongue running out. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I know that you are amazing. You are needed. You are necessary. You are missed. And we're going to yield as women and get out of your place because that's out of order and allow you to take your place Mm -hmm. as a man. We want to encourage you, push you, pour into you, love on you to know that it is you that validates our children. It is you that is the leader and the priest of the home. It is you that God said in order to love your wife like Christ loved the church and to be the leader for your communities. I'm bad because you went out and finished what you were saying. Your time went out. At the, I looked at the time that time and said I had five more minutes. Maybe it's a glitch with the app. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So I just want to encourage the men, encourage the women to study who your husband is, who your sons are, and begin to pour into them from that perspective. Because if you ask God, he'll show you. He'll tell you. And don't judge them because they're not perfect. Neither are we. But we can strive for perfection. And the greatest thing they need is encouragement and support. Encouragement and support. Love them. They'll make them feel like a superhero if all they did was took out the trash. If they never took out the trash before. Thank you so much for taking out the trash. I really appreciate that. They'll look at you crazy at first. But if you keep on encouraging them, find out what they like. Do they like you to serve them? Do they like for you to encourage them? Do they like you spending time with them? Find out what is their strength that really makes them feel loved. And I promise you, your whole relationship will change with your children, with your sons, with your nephews, with your cousins, with your husband, your boyfriend or significant other. I'm not here to judge. Just encourage them. Thank you, Lady Country. You're welcome. I appreciate you. Have a blessed rest of your day. And I'm going to borrow that hush ministry. I'm going to make me a t-shirt with that hush ministry. Yeah, it's actually an acronym, H-U-S-H. I uh, ministered that to my, my goddaughter's ministry, the hush ministry. And it's really the speech of a wise woman. And that's just not talking. That's your actions as well. God bless you, lady country. God bless you. Have a great day. You as well. Happy Labor Day, everyone. That was a good talk. I, all the wisdom. I like all the wisdom that I got. I even had to write down some stuff because I like the when she said, um, talk like adults, play like kids. And then when she was saying, we got to get out the men way and so that they can get back in their rightful places. Because I kept saying, Lord, return the men back to the rightful places, but didn't realize that how are you going to return them when we in the way? And sometimes we be in our own way. So how are you going to turn y'all back to your rightful places so that you can do what he called you to do and be who he called y'all to be? 
if we in the way or if you're in your own way, we got to, we, all of us just got to get, I got to get out of my own way. I already know that. Y'all already know that country lady got, she, she silly. I just like to make you laugh. I like to encourage you. Um, But this thing was heavy this morning on my heart because I was talking to my mom and she was talking about her friend and it's just like, Lord, help them. Help our men that's going through like that. I know it's not all men, but it's a great deal. It's, it's a lot of them. It's a lot going on. I've worked in the mental health field for over 20 years on and on. I see a lot of men. I have my son, one of my sons who deal with um, schizophrenia, bipolar, but the devil is a liar. Them, them some spirits that's going to come up off him. I just got to keep on praying and I believe. Before I even pray, I believe it. Before I even say amen, that God is working and he's doing the work. He has begun the great work and he's going to complete it. I believe it. I'm, I'm just speaking this right now out in the atmosphere. I have five sons and everybody got their own thing going on and they don't, they're not close. Like as we used to be as a whole family, they're not close. And I really, that really kind of like, upsets me that they're not close like I, for example last night my fourth son son number four so asked me can you um tell your son the first son the oldest can you tell him I'm taking pictures um he wants to now become a, a professional photographer and I believe he's going to become a professional he already a professional photographer I'm gonna just speak that thing call it thing that's though it's not as though it is um but he asked me to ask his brother to look at his page I text him. He said, no, I'm good. LOL. What's funny about that? Your brother trying to connect with you. Your brother is trying to uh, get a relationship with you. And you the oldest and you're going to act like that? Okay, God, I want the blood to speak for that too. I need the blood to speak for my children, men, my family, get my children back together. I have one that's in prison. I ask God to, for the blood to speak on his behalf in prison. I ask God to open up his eyes and his ears and let him hear his truth. And, and, and yeah, they got a lot of stuff going on. And yes, mom was, was um, I'm just going to be honest, I was something when I was having my children. I think I got them out the way. I was young. I started at 18 with the first one. I, by the time I had the last one, I think I was in my late 20s by the time I had the last baby. That that was that uh, he just he made it in he made it in by the by the skin of his teeth he made it in but um and each of them got their own stuff and and mom been through stuff I've been through stuff as a child a lot of stuff happened to me um I've been molested when I was young I almost drowned in a pool at the age of eight I've been been talked about rejected uh you know lied on everything that can happen but that shouldn't happen to a child. So I didn't know how to deal with my stuff. So how was I going to, how was I going to teach five boys how to deal? You know what I mean? I dealt with the best way. I, I raised them the best way I could. I did the best I could. I worked all the time. I bent over backwards, frontwards, sideways to make sure they had everything they need. But the one thing I should have been doing when, when she said, but I didn't know that back then. I didn't know that back then. So I'm like, okay, I can't, I used to beat up on myself because I felt like I wasn't a good mom to my kids. And I'm like, God, you gave me five sons. I was trying to get a girl at, at one, but God gave me all boys, grown men now. 
And I look at everybody living their life and I look at how they live in their lives. I'm like, Lord, I could have done better than this. I should have done better than this. But they grown now. I don't get that time back. I don't get that chance back. The only thing I can do now is keep them in the hands of God, pray for them, pray with them if they want to pray with me, invite them to church. Um, um, that's all I can do now. It's be the mom I could be right now. As I always say, kids do not come with a manual. They don't come out with the little bag and got the little manual inside for you to learn how to be a parent. No, they, they just come and you and you learn and you you know you want to eat so you know the baby want to eat you know you like go to the party and don't and you so the baby want to be changed you know that um you you want to be held and comforted and all that so that's the baby so you get you whatever this whatever you like you do for the baby or you got your grandma your mom your auntie they all telling you oh put some formula in that milk so that baby can cash and um you just wash the baby up and then feed him and then he'll go to sleep or she'll go to sleep. They tell you what to do. Each generation take, teaches the next generation how to raise their children. Some might teach them great ways and strategies and, and raise their children. Some may not. You may be out there. I know when I was working in a um, crisis center and, and they were training me. And I'm like, I, I think y'all need to train people longer than what you train them because it was a lot to learn in that in that system. It was so many screens you had to go to. And when the first day they, they left me by myself, oh my God, I was like, where's the information? Where did it go? I'm going to get back to my point. So I don't think I'm off off topic. But I was trying, I was like, oh my God, I'm nervous. I don't know what to do. I, I, I was training. I was paying attention that, that I was doing it while I was there. But when they left, it was like, oh man, um, what I do first? And so the security guard says to me, you either sink or swim. So it's like, either sink or swim sometimes they you got people that teach you good about raising your children tell you good things um you know and, and you got some that just let you either sink or swim you're gonna find out and learn on your own so i i'm saying all this to say that so even like she said she could teach them nurture she could nurture them and and teach them this and that but she couldn't teach them how to be a man no we can't teach y'all how to be a man we we, we don't know that you know, but like I said, I raised them the best way I knew how. And I mean, they good men, they good young men, but it's just it's a lot. Everybody went through different stuff. And and as they got older and ventured off and started hanging out in them streets and this and learned this and learned that. It's like they all went through different things and I don't know everything that they went through, but I see how they act and interact with each other. And I know my kids need healing. I know they need deliverance. I need deliverance and healing. I need to be saved. I'm saved, but I need to be set free. I need to be delivered often. You, deliverance don't just happen once. You, you got to be delivered often. You, dealing with, with the spirits and what we deal with every day, you, got, you need deliverance every day. You need deep, 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 deep healing because some things are really rooted, deeply rooted, deeply and grounded, uh, um, rooted. In your, inside you is what I'm trying to say. It's like really it's got a root down there or or as Paul say, a thorn in his side. We got some stuff that we bury deep, 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 deep down how you would bury the seed in the dirt 
you would that you would bury it way down and, and then getting in the roots to take place and those roots would be real deep so you got stuff that's down there real deep 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 down inside that need to come on out that need to come up and out of you that you need to deal with we need to go back and face some things i know that i don't want to really go back and face things i'm just gonna keep it 100 with y'all i don't a lot of things that i've been through that i feel like i shouldn't have been through or shouldn't have went through as a child i don't really want to remind myself for that but i am because i'm writing a book i'm writing a book about my life because man i'm telling you I, as i told my mom i said prepare yourself because i'm writing this book about my life I'm going to get this book out and I just want you to be prepared because I've been through some stuff. I've been through some stuff that a child should not go through. A little girl nor a little boy. And I said, it's stuff that happened to me, mom. And I said, I've been, I was angry with you. I was angry with you and my father for a long time because I feel like God, God appointed y'all to be my parents. He appointed y'all to be my guardians. You're supposed to protect me at all costs. You're supposed to keep me safe. And a lot of things that happen should not happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm basically telling y'all my testimony. And not, it's, it's not all of it, but I'm, I'm telling y'all what's coming out of me. It's coming. God is allowing me to share because I'm telling you, it starts when you are young, when you're little, things that happen and, and, and you're not protected, things that should. And people that you know, that's the thing. People that you know doing stuff, wicked stuff to you. That's just, what the heck, man? I, I just, I, I know I can't understand. I'm not supposed to. Uh, it says lean out to your own understanding, but acknowledge God in all your ways and he shall direct your path. But God, I'm like, why? Why this stuff happened to me? Why I have to go through this craziness? What did I ever do to somebody as a little girl? What did, what did I do? What, what's the problem? But everything that we go through, we, we may not understand everything, but it's all a part of the plan and the purpose and the calling that he has on our lives. Because how can we tell somebody else something if we ain't never been through nothing? How can we have a message if we ain't never been in no mess? How can we have a testimony if we ain't never been tested? Oh, my God. <clears throat> I'm telling you. I just ask God to mend the hearts and minds of our men, mend them back together. Uh, uh, or, or, you know, they say, get on, we, we, we can get on the potter wheel as many times as we need to, that God can build us up and create us and mold us again. And, you know, just get all that grimy, dirt, filth, um, vile, garbage, I say garbage, um, and get it out of us. All that that we'd be holding on to, all that that we'd be stuffing over here under my arm, down here in the side of my belly, down way, way deep down in my belly, stuffing stuff and in my mind, just just getting stuff, just stuffing stuff all over the place. You got stuff that you got to deal with all over the place. And then we wonder why we get sick sometimes when, we, when sickness come on. And sickness is straight from the devil, straight from the devil. It, it, and God ain't in it. Is straight from the devil to stop you, to stop us from becoming what we are supposed to become. The reason why we was put here to do what God gave us the, a job assignments to do. He appointed us to do. So I just, I just had to get on here because I, I needed y'all to know that yes, there's, there's folks out here like Miss Arlene, like myself. There's more out here that's on this side 
that care about you, care about your mental health, care about your soul. <clears throat> I just learned this week past <clears throat> about soul care, how we got to take care of our souls. Our souls need tended to just like how you feed your body because it's hungry. Um, um, you know, you drink something because you're thirsty. Well, your soul needs hunger. Your soul hungers and thirsts too. Hungers and thirsts after righteousness, God's righteousness. Not any righteousness. He says, seek ye first the king. He says, seek ye first the kingdom. If the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all things will be in his righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. <laughs> Another scripture says, that delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. You got to commit your ways unto him. You got to trust him, and you got to delight yourself in him. Hallelujah, glory to God. I'll I tell you what. <clears throat> I'm going to go to it real quick. I just happen to have my Bible sitting right here. Because this is this is, this is important, y'all. This is truly important. Psalms 37, 4, 5, and, no, 3, 5, and 3, 4, and 5. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land. And verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord. And he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He tells us to trust. He said trust two times in two different scriptures. He tells us to trust throughout, trust him throughout the whole Bible. He's telling us to trust him. So how, what more did, what more should we do? Not trust him. He's telling us throughout the whole Bible, trust me. Trust me with your whole heart. Trust me to do that thing. Trust me to deliver them children. Trust me to deliver set free, heal your husband. Trust me to do the very same thing for you. Trust me to make a way out of no way. Trust me. Trust me. Oh, God, I tell you. Mm. I tell you, I, I, I just see he's bringing scriptures to my mind um, to tell you guys. Um, hold on. I'm looking for... My other scripture. Oh, I know where it is. Hold on. Give me a minute. <clears throat> 43. Well, I'm going to go to 43 and um, 1 and 2. Yeah, 1 and 2. So, Isaiah 43. It says, God will redeem his people. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. This is the part that I love. I called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. He calls us by our name. We belong to him. We are his children. Verse 2 says, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Man, I'm telling you, I, God gave me that scripture. I'm about to go to, um, let me just, hold on, y'all. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get this together because. Whew, this is this is gonna be strong, and I gotta get it off. I, I gotta get it off me, cause if not, it, it will. God will be on you until you do what He say do. So I gotta be obedient. I've learned to be obedient because I walked in disobedience for for a while, and um, yeah, nothing to be proud of. But I like to take you to 
amplified. So therefore, if you don't understand what that scripture was saying, I'm reading it at amplified so you can understand. And it says, this is Isaiah 43, 1 and 2, an amplified version. But now this is what the Lord, your creator says, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you from captivity. I have called you by name. You are mine. Same thing I said, but I just want y'all to hear it. And in verse two, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. That's what the Lord said. That's what he said, James. Then I have to bring y'all to the scripture that I really wanted to say to y'all that he put on my heart, which is still in 43, Isaiah 43, verse 18 and seven, I mean, 18 and 19. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Mm, he just gave me that. I've been hearing that for so long, but he just put that in my spirit. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert. Okay, boom. Where was I? I was still in Isaiah 43. I'm going to go down to 18 and 19 in the um, Amplified Version. And I'm going to read that to y'all. Oh, don't give me a minute. I always like to highlight everything. Do not remember Isaiah 43, 18, 19. Do not remember the former things or ponder the things of the past. Listen carefully. I'm about to do a new thing. New, 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 new thing. Y'all know my God, new thing. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even put a road in the wilderness rivers in the desert he said i'll put a road in the wilderness and rivers in a desert Come on, y'all. i'm I'm just oh lord have mercy that's what he gave me to, to read and share with y'all and it's just like he gonna do that new thing in your life my brothers he, he said i am about to do a new thing he's about to do a new thing in your life he said he's gonna make a road in the wilderness and he's gonna put rivers in a desert he said, shall you not know this? Shall you not be aware of this? I'm going to do a new thing. Expect a new thing. I'm expecting the unexpected. I'm expecting God to do the unexpected in my life. Let me tell y'all, son, and I, I, I tell everybody, there's someone here that already know my story. I've been I've been in and out of the hospital this, this first year, part of the year, seven, seven months. Well, let's say no, not several months, but this this first half of the year I've been sick. First it was COVID in January. I actually believe I got it on Christmas Day, but the symptoms didn't start till that Tuesday, January 29th, I believe. No, December 29th, I'm sorry, not January 29th, December 29th or 28th. That's it. December 28th, I went to the emergency room, got tested, they said I had COVID. Man, I was in here trying to take care of this thing like it was just a regular old flu. I was trying everything. I was drinking the water, um, but that didn't help me. It turned into pneumonia, which get, caused me to have blood clots in my lungs, which caused me to have to take blood thinners. I've been on blood thinners since January. Um, then I went to the, I was in the hospital for a week for that because I was passing out because I didn't know that's what was going on with me. I didn't know that. So did. My girlfriend called my son, and my son's wife called Emily's, and they came, 
And y'all, I when I tell you I had to use every bit of strength that I had left to get up and unlock my door. Oh my God, I had to unlock the door so nobody went kick it in because I don't own our rent and I I don't have money to pay for nobody's door. So I said, Lord, help me get off this floor so I can open this door. So I must have I turned over, got on my knees, and I crawled a little bit and I got up and I ran to that door, unlocked it, swung the door all the way over to my couch. I plopped down on the couch and said, Help me. And they came in, they said my sugar was 349. My blood pressure was low. I was dehydrated, very, very dehydrated. And um, I thank God for her calling the ambulance because I, I wouldn't even think about calling the ambulance or going to the hospital. I don't know what I was thinking about. But my girlfriend, when I passed out, I was going to use the, the bathroom. Um, but when I, I sat down and when I woke up, I was on the floor between the toilet and the wall. So I was I was I had to get out of that tight spot. I was like, how I even got, how the heck did I even, fall? I don't even know how you fall. I never had that happen before, but it happened. And she said, don't you get off that floor. You sit there. If you can't get up, don't get up. Sit there. She said, you want me? I asked her to pray with me. She prayed with me. She said, you want me to call him? I said, call my son. Even though my mother-in-law lived right around the corner, I said, call my son. If you ain't catch it by now, I was in here by myself. And um, so the ambulance came. I went to the hospital. They kept me for a week. And I went to rehab for a week. And I began to feel this pain. In the left side of my of my buttocks, and I said, I, when I was in the ther- I mean, in the rehab, I said, I'm feeling this pain back here, and they just gave me cold ice pack and um heat pad, and I said that ain't work. So anyway, I I got sent home. I finally came home. I figured I was I was okay to come home by myself, and I was good for two weeks. I had physical therapy coming out and the nurse coming out, and I was good for two weeks. And next thing you know, boom! I know the pain came. And I couldn't walk. I felt like I couldn't do nothing. And I had to have my mother-in-law come here and help me. Oh, my God, it was a mess. And um, so the doctor prescribed uh, muscle relaxers and um, hydrocodone. And I was scared to take both of them together because I figured, thought I wasn't going to get up in time to take my blood thinners. But the therapist was like, I, she said, I I can't, I don't like seeing you in that much pain. You need to take both those those." Um, medications he gave you so I began to do it and I started getting better every day every day I was be, you know beginning to be able to walk and get up and do things so I went I got to go to work I was like I'm going to my new job and I was excited about this new job I was at this job for a month and that same thing happened to me again this time it landed me in the hospital for two weeks they were giving me uh, volume morphine uh, fentanyl and oxycodone for the pain, and oh my God, I, I I was sleeping. All I could do was sleep. I don't know if I was coming or going, but then after that, after that happened, I ended up going. They sent me to the nursing home because they said that they claimed that I had MRSA in my back, and I said the devil is a liar. I don't I don't receive that. I, I don't I don't believe that. But anyway, they sent me right across the street to the nursing home, which was like. I want to say the worst experience in my life, but also a learning experience, um, pushing me closer and closer to God, helping me to trust God because I definitely had trust issues. I ain't gonna lie, I I don't didn't know how to trust and um, wasn't too heavy about trusting anybody or whatever. But um, 
So then after that, yeah, I was in there for eight weeks. I got out June the 18th. And now when I say I was glad to be out of there, I was glad. I never thought that I would be in nobody's nursing home at my age, but that's where they said I had to go. So like I said, I've been going through it since the beginning of this year. And it's, it's, it's part of my testimony. So, you know, I say all that to say I've been through some stuff and God is teaching me how to trust him. So we have to trust him. We have to put our trust in him. And man, you got to trust God. You got to go back to God. You got to turn back to God. You got you to gotta let God have his way. Let him have his way with you and your family, your children, your spouse or girlfriend, whatever you have. But we have to start getting stuff out. We can't. We can't just hold stuff in and not talk about it because that stuff hurts you. It's it's poison to you. And, you know, I, I'm just, I just want God to mend your hearts and your minds of, and, and then, you know, heal you of everything that you went through. And it's really, it, it's really about in your childhood, your childhood that you went through things and needed you to make the decisions and choices that you made throughout the rest of your life. And I just really want him to heal everywhere you hurt i want to heal you everywhere you hurt if you could do me a favor if you could look that song up and listen to it in your spare time and just let it minister to you let god minister to you hallelujah i pray that god would touch your your wives um hearts to minister to you and just be a shoulder to lean on uh, a listening ear a heart to, to embrace you and all that you went through and I pray that you you release you cry you release and you get some relief and you give it to God and you you let God lead you and guide you in, in all truth let him order your footsteps in the way he will have you to go uh let him order your footsteps in his word that get in his word if you don't have a relationship with God and you don't know God for yourself I pray that you would do it now do it while you can still do it. Do it while you while he still may be found. Don't get caught with your work undone. Find out who you are, who God called you to be, and what he called you to do so that you can do that now and not waste another moment of your time because actually we were put here to do what he called us to do. He did, but we just we have to live and we have to survive. So we he gave us food and drink and everything else. So I'm just saying, y'all, just, mm. Lord have mercy, like Miss Arlene said, I think Miss Arlene should be teaching that thing worldwide, you know. We got a lot of young couples out here, and they just learning as they go along, just like we learned how to take care of our children as we went along. And they're doing the same thing because they're not being taught. And the, the word says, how can they hear without a preacher? So how can they know how what marriage is and what to do in the marriage if they didn't get counseling before they got married which you really should get because I, I it, it can it, it would be helpful beneficial and some maybe it's not for some people but you still need to get counseling by a true man a woman of god that's going to tell you the truth that's going to break it down that's going to lay down the law going to lay down the rules and the regulations and the procedures and the policies. See, if we treat marriage like that, what's the policy for marriage? What's the procedure codes for marriage? What's the procedure? What's the process? What's the regulation? What's the laws? What's the rules? 
lay that down like that. My goodness, God, I got right stuff down. I got right stuff down. I'm telling you. I got to write that down because I'll forget it. I got to guess. Who's regulations? Policy. Mm. Procedures. Hello. 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 Hey. Country. How do you say your name? You say like country lady. Country lady. <laughs> cool, cool. Yes. Great talk there. Um, yes, let us seek God while he may still be found. And I like your topic, let's mend our men. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, don't, we don't ask for help too much, you know, but we definitely need it. You know, so um, I commend you for speaking out for us men and speaking about your relationship with God, which everyone honestly needs, because without God, we are nothing. That's so, right. Yes, I, I was really vibing, um, you know, what you had to say there. Um, so many things happen, you know, in, in just one person's lifespan, and um, most of us tend to miss the point, the point. Um, it's simple. God wants us to turn and be better persons. He wants us to um, acknowledge our forms of godliness, which we all have, yet we deny it sometimes. But um, mm-hmm. that's where where trueness is found. That's where fullness and fulfillment and our heart's true desires are actually fulfilled. Um, without mm-hmm. that, you know, you, you find yourself, you know, complaining, seeking the wrong things. And he's going around in a circle, um, coming closer to the truth, but never fully founding it. But we praise the Lord that we found it, <laughs> you know. And, yes. yeah, uh, it's interesting. I'm seeing more more and more people um, come out and start speaking about their experiences with God. And I love it. Honestly, I love it because, it, you know, it makes us realize You kind of broke up your We're really not. I'm on the road. But yeah, thank you for speaking out about us men. We do need help. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, we tend to act like we are. Yeah, you kind of um, broke up, but I can hear bits and pieces. Yeah, I'm still here. You kind of broke breaking up, the, and I could. You were saying some, sound like you were saying some right, good stuff, go. but it was going in and out. Yeah. And my phone's actually really hot right now, so I'm gonna oh. exit. I'm gonna exit, and okay. then I'm gonna hop back in. Okay. That way, it's not doing that.
All right, come on back. Come on back because you're seeing some good stuff. I want to hear what you were saying. Oh, glory to God. I just thank God. All glory be to God. I thank God. I thank God. I thank God. And I thank God to, for obedience, learning to be obedient. That, that everybody speaks on it. That is so key. Learning to be obedient, walking in obedience. Because when you be obedient unto God, he will open some doors. He will do some things to blow your mind. Man, he will do some things to blow your shoes and socks off. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Blow my shoes and socks off. Father, I call him daddy, father. You know, he's a father to the fatherless, mother to the motherless. He's everything we need him to be. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Ooh, glory to God. Y'all don't get me started. Spacey, don't get me started. You don't get me started on here because country lady. I mean, let y'all know my real name is Edna. That's just my, that's my brand that I want to go with my kids and my mom. Everybody say, oh, you talk country. And I was like, no, I don't. I'm from Philadelphia. I don't talk country. I don't know what you're talking about. Mom, you do talk country. No, I don't. Anywho, I don't care what y'all say. So I just ran the name. I ain't wanted to be like, you know, the regular way. So I was like, oh, how can I do this? They keep calling me country. So how can I rock country? So that's where uh, the Lord blessed me in my mind to come up with country lady. And people call me Courtney. And that don't spell Courtney. That spell country. <laughs> I don't mean to throw you all, but that's what it is. That's what they that's what they say about me. So that's where I got that name from, Country Lady EMJ. So um yeah, I'm I'm gonna run with that. So um just be on the lookout for whenever I get my little t-shirt up and I'm gonna have a you know picture of myself, cartoon of myself on my t-shirt, and just gonna have different sayings or something like I'm trying to told you because that's what I say. And I be talking to my kids and they say, you trying to, mom, what you talking about? You trying to told me, I'm trying to told you, I'm done telling you, I'm trying to told you that's past tense, right? Right. So catch on. So you call me country. So I guess that's some country, that's some country lady with them. But anyway, y'all, I just really, I just really want to advocate for my brothers. I don't care what color you are, pink, yellow, purple, green. I don't care what you are, what your religion, what your, not religion, but what your ethnicity is, what your race is. I don't care. We all brothers and sisters because God created us all. We are brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. And so we related. Whether y'all like it or not, you stuck with me. You related to me. I'm related to you. So, um, let me get let me get him Miss real quick, Miss Arlene, and then I'll bring you up. Um, I would him to finish what he was saying. Okay, there you go. Hello. Okay. Cool. Connection sounds a whole lot better now. Um, yeah, you're definitely right. We're all bros and sisters. You know, the craziest thing is that we. Every single person that you see in this world all came from Adam and Eve. As mm -hmm. mind-blowing as that is to understand. So each and every one of us have Adam and Eve's blood flowing through us. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes, it we is. We got different skin colors. <laughs> we got different ethnicities and languages. But somehow... I. That one, I, I don't know how that happened, but that's definitely, um, yeah, that's something that we need to acknowledge. And then it kind of makes you understand why God hate, you know, 
he hates certain sins, and especially like lewdness and stuff like that, because he sees all of us as one and us stemming from the same family. Right. But yeah, but I was you, saying I was pretty much um. Commit. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, but you say you don't know how that happened. I I remember I'm reminded of the scripture that says when they was building that they was trying to get up to heaven and it was building a ladder or something up to heaven. I'm paraphrasing y'all. They was trying to get up to heaven and God said, "Oh no, y'all don't." And so that's when he <laughs> that's when he separated us and he made each of us he made us, us different in different languages and stuff like that. He said, "Y'all ain't getting up here." <laughs> yeah, they built the, the highest tower or something like that. It was yeah. The yeah, and <laughs> yeah, I don't think it would work like that. You know, even if you built the tower, because we've already been out to space. Um, the entrance to heaven has definitely um been hidden. Um, God is way too wise to just leave it for us to climb up there. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, he came down and he he separated all the languages. And then disperse them among different nations, and now here we are. So, the white yes. people, they're my brothers. The black people, they're my brothers. The Asians, the Mex, the yes. the Spanish, the all of them. That's right. The Middle Eastern. It, it blows my mind because, well, each each male, every male you see, you know, they all have the same members. You know, of course. Unless, of course, for those, you know, who are um, disabled and whatnot. But we all have the same members as, as same with women. Women have the same members. I think about that. It's like, yeah, um, you know, people tend to, I know myself and everyone, we, we all got our own looks. We all got our own eye candy. But when you really want to get down to the core of it, you don't want to be that selfish and be driven by, you know, just beauty. Because, yeah. um when you really find someone who's going to cherish you and help you grow that that comes from their heart so it doesn't yes. matter so that my whole mindset has been changing ever since i've been just seeking the kingdom of heaven yes lord that's all right now with you mm-hmm. but i just i just want i, I want to say because I, I don't want nobody to be upset with me and not that I care, but I don't want nobody to be upset with me. But this thing had to be said. We we tend to focus on women. Oh, the women is hurt. Oh, the women going through this. Oh, the woman is so emotional. Oh, but what about the man? What about the men? They go through things. Y'all have emotions. Y'all have feelings. Y'all have thoughts. And you go through things. And and if we we say we have a disagreement, you ain't going. You going to talk, but you might not talk that much. You might not say everything that you feel and everything that's on your heart and in your mind. You just gonna go about it and come back later like ain't nothing never happened. Whereas a woman was like, no, nah, I want to talk about it. I want I want to get this thing resolved because I'm, I'm speaking for me, y'all. I, I don't know about y'all, but I'm being real about myself. Uh, I'm, it's time me to be real with myself and with God and then with y'all. But um, I want to talk about it now. I want to get it resolved now and not thinking about how he feeling or what he thinking or what he going through or what he could have been going through. And what I say can trigger something else and then it's just a whole big mess. Mm. And like she said, learn the hush ministry. Learn how to join the the hush ministry and be quiet and don't. Say, we always got to say something or always got to try to have the last word. Again, I'm talking about myself. 
because I know how I am. I can speak for me. I always ran this thing that I'm talking with now, this thing you call the mouth. I call it a trap. And you're always running it. So I'm, I'm speaking for me. And God had to learn how to make me uh, be a part of that hush ministry where I had to learn to shut my mouth and stop talking. <laughs> Let him talk by himself if he want to talk. But you be quiet and shut up. <laughs> and we just we just had to and a lot of us as women we we want to run this mouth we want to we i'm gonna say what i got to say and you ain't gonna get away what you doing what you saying because you don't do that i ain't the one you are the one yeah yeah i think the bible refers that to a clamorous woman and it, it says mm. it literally says a man is better alone in the wilderness than with a clamorous woman or a contentious woman one that knows how to stir up anger and strife even says a man is better alone on top of a roof in the corner <laughs> than with a Wait, woman. and that's so that. true you see yeah uh, mm -hmm. you see Wait. the men who settle with the modern day jezebels you know they it's hard for them to find peace you know, every time, you know, they talk with their buddies, they're saying, oh, man, you know, instead of speaking about all the good, you know, you have children, you have a family, they're saying, oh, man, I don't know what to do. You know, she just keeps getting angry and all that. And that is um, a spiritual vampire, um, you know, just taking your energy from your soul. And, you know, a woman can do that to a man. And, you know, that is something that has been sort of tolerated not even sort of it's been totally tolerated for such a long mm -hmm. period of time because um oh yeah as the world we tend to ignore men's emotion even at me as a man i tend to focus more on females emotions than men emotions you know i mean mm -hmm. so i can only imagine you know what i mean so that's something i've definitely changed and I'm, I'm thankful now that i can see it's like well the craziest thing that the the world fails to recognize is he first made man in his image. Mm -hmm. And then the woman actually came out of the rib of a man. Mm -hmm. So as a woman comes through a man, man also comes through a woman, but it says all things are from God. So mm -hmm. it, it makes us realize to honor ourselves, every person, especially men, you know, because mm -hmm. we tend to just, you know, people just think that we're just, you know, just tough. And, yeah, we are tough, but, you know, we have emotions, too, um, right. that have never been addressed. I would say mm -hmm. for myself, um, man, I would, my mom would always come up to me and ask me what's going on. I just never could fully open up to her. Like, I just, I don't know what it was about it and me. I think the reason I didn't want to open up to her is because I, I didn't want her to worry about me, you know. We tend to not want our, our women sometimes to worry about us or see us as weak. We want them to think that yes. we're okay. But, no, that's actually wrong. Um, that's a wrong mm -hmm. way to live life because we just walk around with it. And then one day, boom, you just you just let it all out. And then you, you look like the crazy one. They say, oh, he got, he got anger issues. No, he's been holding mm -hmm. on to all of his emotions for the past decade. He never mm -hmm. had anyone to open up to it. Um, we need to, yeah, be more... We be more careful with our men, be more delicate with our men because, yeah, we, we honestly, we've been through some ish, man. <laughs> I know from my experience, oh my lord, 
It don't. It don't make y'all weak, and that's the thing. It doesn't make y'all weak, and that's the thing. We think that st certain stuff make a man weak. No, it does not. Was Jesus weak when he cried? When he wept? We got this this myth that men men ain't supposed to cry. Why ain't they? That's a release. That's a release to get relief. That's God bottles your tears, and he that's a prayer. That's prayer. Why not? Why can't you cry? Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's. It's just a worldly perspective that's wrong, and that needs to be changed because, yeah, too much of that is going on. Too much of that is going on, and it's that's what's causing the order to be disaligned right now. It's, it's never addressed, and it just seems like, well, since women can sort of, they have more options, right, you know, due mm. to the idea of how the dating market works, um, in a way, they don't even know that they kind of cheat themselves in a way. Because when you do something like that and you leave what is good and honorable, you know, you run into someone without honor. You know, that's why you come see back, single women. Right oh, my time come back. Yeah, come back. Because I, I like what you're saying. Okay, there you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we shouldn't... The way I look at it is like, all right, in the dating field, it tends to be the most good-looking male getting all the female attention. Mm -hmm. And also with the females, you know, she can harvest, honestly, the whole thing, and people make the wrong mistake, I mean, why do you think we, we see so many single mothers, you know, they chose the men that didn't know honor, the men that were dishonorable, he wasn't honorable, that's why he left, if it was an honorable man, trust me, he'd be with you for a life, and this is the stuff that we need to think about, you know, well, women need to think about us men also need to think about it too you know god talks about he reads specific i mean speaks specifically to the sons of men how long will my honor be turned into dishonor and how long will you sons of men speak falsehood mm -hmm. and he's talking about you know the idea of men just going out there always looking to get it get it in all the time that, that mm -hmm. idea um, that's a very dishonorable way to live. And it even talks about when a man goes into a woman, you give her your authority. So it's actually up, also up to us men to realize, hey, you're actually valuable. Um, you shouldn't just be giving it out just because the world didn't receive you the way it should. It's better for us to hold on to our, our honor and wait for the honor that we're supposed to receive from that holy woman of God that he ought to to give us and also for the women to be like okay well i can be aware of this you don't want to be the woman that god warns the sons of men to stay away from in proverbs you read proverbs right right yes yeah you, you, <laughs> you don't want to be that woman trust me that's not a that's not a good destination and also you as a man you don't want to be her guest that talks about her guest yeah. or 
in the depths of hell. Um, I just heard that. Oh my God! Yesterday. <laughs> Say that again. I just read that yesterday. <laughs> yeah, all her guests there. It's like what? Repent, repent, repent. <laughs> like I'm tearing out. <laughs> I'm tearing out. I'm, out, I'm out of there. Because <laughs> that's what happens as a man. Since we don't get the kind of attention that most women get, from my experience, I know when I was really lonely. And I was really desperate and craving, you know what, I would seek the woman who would give it easily. That, that's what I would go for. I, I didn't, I didn't want to go for a woman that was pretty and all that. But knowing that knowledge, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I was actually doing the right thing and being patient and being prude and not forcing relationships to go the way that I wanted. We were actually doing right. It's the idea of patience and the idea of faith. You know, when we do stuff like we go out spilling our seed wastelessly, it's actually an act of faithlessness towards God because what we tend to forget in the midst of waiting and in the midst of being patient is that God was there since the beginning of time and he'll he'll be there forever. He's not going anywhere. (laughs) His word is the only thing that will remain forever. It talks about the world and its lust will pass away, but he who does the will of God will remain forever. But mm-hmm. you know what? Forget forget all that lust. I I'll go do the will of God. You know, that that sounds pretty good to me. And the desires that we're seeking, God never meant for any man or for any woman to be alone. In Genesis he talked about when he saw man and he saw he, he was lonely, he said that was the only thing in his creation that was not good. Yeah. So it's his good desire, it's his good will to actually give us that favorable, that honorable woman that will be equally yoked, not to enra- be enwrapped with the arms of a seductress whose footsteps lay a hold of hell. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you over here preaching. Oh, man, I, <laughs> I keep it, I try to keep it chill. I Honestly, I try to keep keep my conversation chill but like I have so much because I've been seeking his kingdom all year long since it's the beginning of this year so I, I have a lot of knowledge I could speak about mm. I'm gonna keep it chill I, I know God definitely has his plan to um put me in a place where I can speak to people and turn yes. people in the path of life so for now I'm, I will I, I see myself going preacher mode almost <laughs> Yeah, you, I'm you gonna keep it chill. I, I'm gonna let you feed back on that. I want to hear what you have to say about that. Listen, you was over here <laughs> preaching, honey. I was getting ready to get happy because I, I, I get happy. You know, I, I was like I'm telling people, I wasn't raised in the church. So when I came down here and I met my husband, and, and he was raised in church. His father, pastor, mother, evangelist, and I'm meeting all these church folk. And then I started learning all this stuff. I was like, what? Where was I at? What was I doing? Cause why? You know, I've been to church, but I didn't know what they were saying. But what you saying right now, I I think like I told Miss Arlene, y'all really need to be speaking like this. This need to be heard worldwide, like really, 
because we we need this men need this women need this and i don't want women to think that i'm jumping on us no but i'm just saying what god placed on my heart is it's not me it's coming from god it's coming from the heavenly father and what you're seeing was just so true like it's crazy that you mentioned proverbs and I read that very thing, and I was like, "Dang! If you mess with that chick, you you gonna be, you gonna get in trouble." He talking about death, like what the uh, back up, bro, run, run while you can run, you know, and and just wait. And like I know for me, when I was younger, the woman that God said that you supposed to wait on your mate, you supposed to wait for your husband to find you, and it says it's in the Bible. It don't tell us to go look for the moon. It, tell, it says that the moon. You don't, gotta, you, don't, you, don't gotta, you don't even need to learn dating skills. <laughs> like, nope. A lot of That's people are speaking that. How do you get a woman to do this? Get a, nah, nah, stop right there. That's not, no. It's something that literally will walk into your life when you have the faith to receive. Mm-hmm. And God will surely give it to you. And it's a pointed season, and it's due season, you will receive it. I would say for most of us young men right now who are so eager to enter a relationship, they don't even got the finances to hold down a family. <laughs> you know, why are we seeking to enter a relationship when we haven't even established that? And then, you know, when you have the kids and you're just learning how to pay your own, you, you can barely pay your own bills, what are you going to do now? You know what I mean? I, I, I see, sometimes I've, I've seen families on the road, you know, begging for money. I'm like, whoa, wow, this is this is something else. So, like, yeah. for me, I'm like, I'm content because I'm still single. I don't have children yet. And I'm like, you know what? Yes, I would love to have a partner. I would love to be able to, you know, do what everyone else seems to be doing that's fun and enjoyable. But knowing this heavenly knowledge... It makes my soul content that I can have, I can test my faith. I can test my endurance. I can allow endurance to have its perfect work in me. And that's the thing. Even the idea of a man. He's breaking up again. Like holding on to It's a sacred, you actually, devices took all over. You had men creating. Your time about to run out. Light bulbs, creating electricity, creating cars, doing all sorts of things. Now, most of the men, it's kind of, oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. And now you have most men and women now, the ones who could be great innovators, just scrolling through the phone. That is the new way we spend our energies. And and worse, you know, you have men filling their seed on a daily basis, um, wasting that vital energy, that, that life force energy that can bring forth a new being. So it's a sacred thing. And I, I'm loving where I'm at now because, like, I've taken it upon myself to come. You, 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 your time went out. If you want to come back, come back. Your time ran out.
I I I like everything that he's talking about. You you really talking about some good stuff, honey. You 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 realize what you are preaching. You you giving us what we need. Yeah, go ahead. You back. Hello. Okay. Okay. There you go. You know, one of the better things even is when you start seeking the kingdom of heaven, like when you truly start seeking the kingdom of heaven and um, you're seeking to feed your spirit instead of your flesh, your carnal flesh, things are going to start changing. Your dreams are going to start changing. And just like God showed the prophets of old vision, you'll even start having visions. I mean... I had one, too, not too long ago. It was um, straight up a vision, and God put me in the spiritual realm. Like, I was, it was like I was dreaming, but I was fully conscious. I could breathe, I could move, I could walk around like I'm doing right here. But I wasn't in my flesh, I was just in my spirit. And I felt so much more agile, so much more confident, that real confidence. And he actually allowed me, he, he gifted me with the opportunity to fight my spiritual oppressors. I I fought two demons in that vision. And it was the mm. coolest thing I've ever done because he showed me that with the word of my mouth, you know, we have the power to speak life or death, I was yes. able to actually set them on fire. And it was really interesting. Oh, man, if I could pull over and read you the from my journal, the whole thing, it was amazing. So we're actually seeds of light. We're seeds of fire. Like inside this vessel is a very priceless thing, which is the spirit, which lives eternally. And it's made from God. It's God's spirit. That's why when we sin, it don't feel too good. It don't feel good at all. In that moment, it may feel good a little bit. But afterwards, you know, you feeling like your light dimmed a bit. It talks about when a child of God sins, Something dies in them, and that's so true. What is that thing that dies in them? It's that Holy Spirit, that light that was already shining now becomes mm. dimmer. You see yes. children come come up filled with all the imagination of the world. They all want to be astronauts. They all want to do great things. As soon as they get to teenagehood, when they start going to school and they start learning all these you know sinful things they do, they reach their 20s, their adulthood, that desire is burnt off. That light is so dim. It's like, okay, like, what happened? People don't realize that we don't take accountability to what true, the true order of, the true way of how the order works in this world, which mm -hmm. is we have God's spirit in us. If we feed it with his word, if we keep it, if we remain in his word, Jesus says he'll love him and he'll reveal himself to him and he'll glorify the Father in him as well. The Father will glorify the Son in him because it'll be like Jesus when he remained in the Father and the Father remained in him. So we can do the same thing. We can remain in Jesus and also remain in the Father and Jesus will remain in us. And it's way different. Anything we ask in Jesus' name, we receive. That's right. we receive. The other night when I was remaining in the Word, I was really just no carnality whatsoever. 
I would just wake up, keep it simple. I would work, and throughout the day, I would read scripture, and I would pray, and I would go to bed. I'd do this for do do this for two, three weeks. Such a huge difference. And I was kneeling mm-hmm. down praying, and um, one of my fire alarms, the battery thing went off, and it was doing that beeping thing, that beeping thing. And I got really annoyed, and I said, "In the name of Jesus, be silent." And nothing happened in that moment. So I was like, "All right, whatever." And I go lay down, I go to bed, and as I'm laying down, I heard a knock on my left ear. And I, I heard about the scripture, you know, Jesus talking about he stands at the door and knocks, and whoever opens will come in and dine with them. I said, I opened up my mind, I said, come in, Jesus. And I went to bed. I woke up later in the middle of the night, and I was very peaceful. I was very relaxed. I was very calm. And then later in the day, I was like, wait a minute. I didn't even hear my fire alarm go off. So it actually worked. I had just seen, when you use the name of Jesus, natural order is revoked. Supernatural Mm -hmm. order comes in and does something that science cannot explain. And when you remain in Jesus and you charge the spirit in your vessel, you increase that light and your vessel is filled with overflowing and abundant light. You can actually start healing people. You can even heal a person from cancer. In the name of mm. Jesus, cancer must die. Because mm-hmm. where there is an abundance of light, there can be no darkness at all. So this is a power that any man, any woman can say, you know what? I've tried the worldly thing. I've tried the partying. I've done it all. It profited nothing. Why not? go into where the real prophet is, the spirit, the one that, the eternal being that is inside of us. The, the fact that we don't actually ever truly die when we die. And it talks about whoever remains in Jesus, whoever does the will of God, that even if that man dies, he will live forever. And this yeah. knowledge, people just like roll their eyes over, like it's nothing. <laughs> and... I'm just, like, amazed sometimes. I'm amazed. One second, got to mute myself. Mm-mm-mm. Just some good stuff here, but I uh, see, I wasn't expecting all this. I, I just got on and began to cry out for my brothers. I wasn't expecting all this good information and wisdom that I got from Miss Arlene and now my brother Spacey. I was not, and see how God worked? I was not expecting to get all this good, good information. I was not, I didn't know what was going to happen. I just got on here to do what I felt led to do. And I'm getting all this good stuff and just like, man, I've been, I've been blessed today. That's all I can say is I've, I've been truly blessed um, by my brother and my sister. I've just been really blessed. That I think I'll be thinking about all these things that y'all said. All day, I'm telling you, I think it's going to be on my heart and my mind the rest of the week. Like, like now you giving me more, even more motivation to be in my word because I haven't been in the word like that. Oh, man. I'm telling so, yeah. you, it's something that takes patience. It talks about with self-control, there comes patience. And then when patience is prolonged, then godliness comes out. 
So that thing, that habit that we do that we know is not godly, we know is ungodly. When you apply self-control and prolong that self-control and you get to the point of patience and you prolong your patience, it's a matter of time before you start walking in, in your form of godliness. And you'll be doing things that mere men cannot do. You will not just be a mere man. You'll be as a god as God sees us because he says, are ye not gods? You know, so this is something that, you know, the world, the whole world can use. We've already done the mundane things. We've already done the worldly things, all the stuff that men, you know, look at as pleasurable, you know, men and women. Um, Yeah, what does that profit? Like, you know, like nothing. You know, to be able to heal someone from a sickness because you've been remaining in Jesus, that's a privilege. That's a privilege. And how did I get to this knowledge? I learned from a, a true man of God. And there's only few. It talks about the harvest being plenty. Heaven has a, a an abundance of harvest. The harvest being plenty, but the laborers is few. Meaning those who work for heaven are very few in the, in the number of this earth. So that's why you won't meet too many people, you know, saying stuff like me. You know, you're not going to meet too many people that have went deep in with the word and oh man dude i'll tell you i'll tell you when you go deep into the word and you start receiving supernatural experiences which will happen it will happen mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and you fall short and you sin oh man oh that it just hurts <laughs> you're you just teach, like you teach you teaching me right now because like i said i haven't been in my word and it's like every time i try to go get in it it's like something just like I, i've been reading but I'm not where I want to be in my work. You know, there there are powers that keep us away from actually fully diving into the word. Um, I know with myself, especially with, I mean, I'm telling you, when you could come back, your time coming. I want to hear what you got to say because you, you sit, you teaching me. I'm 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 eating this up like, <laughs> and you said I just did a, a Facebook live on um. Um, the, the harvest, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. You you touching on a lot of stuff I done said, so this is like blowing my. It blows my mind every time I say something. I can have a conversation with somebody like we having this conversation right now. Within the, the next couple of hours or the next day, everything you talk about, I'm getting it back. I'm like, what do you want me to do with this, though, God? What, like, you keep confirming and confirming. So what you want me to do now? <laughs> hey. Continue where you left off and get, like, I would say, seek the word of God as nourishment, as as re, as a battery charger for your spirit. Yeah. That's when, when you start reading the word of God with the intention to charge your spirit, your spirit's going to get charged. When you start reading it and say, you know what, I'm done with, I'm done with death, which is what sin is, because sin brings forth death, and you kill those sins, you come you apply that self-control, oh, your spirit's going to start shining. You'll even, you'll even learn how to, I mean, I don't, this is for me, like how to like pull in light into your body. Like it's, it's really interesting. You can reach out your hand and feel it and you can draw it in. It's, there, there's a whole lot more, but you can't see this stuff. So that's why, you know, the world doesn't do it, but you can feel it. You can feel the presence of the light mm-hmm. and you can also feel the presence of darkness god forbid and i would say for 
you know, people like me, people like you, who have found the treasure in the Word of God. It talks about the kingdom of heaven is like a fine pearl, and when the man finds the price of the pearl, he sells everything he has and buys it. It's a parable. It's like mm. it's very much you deny yourself and you receive. You reposition yourself like an, an antenna and mm. allow heaven to network through you. It's, it's something we can do just by faith. By faith we receive. You say, all right, yeah, I know that that stuff is darkness. And I'm telling you, once you get to a level where you've been washed by the waters, like one of my dreams when I was really, I told you, I started seeking the kingdom of heaven from the beginning of this year. I still have yet to see that full perfection, being fully perfected in love, but I know I will be perfected in love, and I thank God for it. Um, And when you get to that point, you'll know no fear at all. That's where I need to be. Mm -hmm. You know, as you start, as you start trying to cast away the darkness from within and you start trying to subdue the carnal mind, it's, it talks about the battle of the flesh and the spirit. That's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So that was going on beginning of this year. And, you know, I had my moments falling short of glory. And the one night I went to bed and I had a dream and someone poured water on my hands, like from this bowl, like pouring on my hands from like this heavenly court. And the man of God who I, who I had been listening to and been seeking his training, I saw him in my vision, like, teaching me how to swim out of this, like, invisible water. So once you've been washed with the waters, talks about they must be born again with the water and the spirit. Yes. Um, the things you used to do, mm, you can't do them anymore. You do it, it's not, it's not going to digest. You're going to see spiritually the good or the evil that comes from every action. And it, you're just going to, like, you're, gonna, you're just going to become a completely new person. And it's better that you do, you become born again, because Jesus talks about, don't marvel that I say to you that you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. It says that who, whoever does not receive me like a child, yes. by oh no means will enter the kingdom of heaven. there's 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 a a code to this um jesus is the legit master of all things and when he did that perfect offering to god that perfect sacrifice that shedding of blood for the sins of humanity behold god gave him authority above all things on earth authority above all things He's the king of every king and queen you see walking the earth today right now. So he is like he is to be feared in a way too like God because he became his right hand. He became the Pontius Pilate and the Herodias for the living and the dead. He's the one who's going to judge every living person and every dead person, even the ones that have already passed away. He's going to judge every single one of them. So it's like, if he's going to be your master, you're going to abide by him. You're going to obey his rules, and you're going to take him seriously. You're going to believe. You know, when, I think that was Thomas, when Thomas, after he had resurrected, he came. Thomas didn't even believe. And Jesus said, you know, put your hand through the the holes in my, in my palm. 
where he was crucified. And he said, you know, you see and you believe, for blessed are those who have not seen in 2022 and believe. So, hey, this belief for me, it is never, it's never going anywhere, especially after since God has even shown me visions and pulled me out in my spirit and showed me the power that I had and the mighty warrior that I am. You know, this is something that, like, I, I, on a daily basis, like, I'm, it's on my mind. <laughs> it's like, and especially when you make that mistake and you choose that sin, God has no, he's so righteous, he'll allow you to see the calamity that comes from it. He's that righteous. He'll allow you to learn that lesson as many times as you need. It doesn't matter until mm-hmm. so you fully say, yes, this is life. Why would I ever choose death? You know, death mm-hmm. comes in different ways. It doesn't have to be literally you seeing someone dying. The, the little, the sins that we commit, when it's fully grown, it brings forth death. Yeah. And to us, it's a bit of spiritual death, you know, where you feel, uh the light in your in your vessels like oh man like uh, you just feel so so much more down and then you wait it out a few days and you're you're right up again so it's like imagine imagine okay you're you're doing the will of the father right i would mm-hmm. say look at it in a year's time span from january and right now we're here at september i would say for every month throughout this year i saw myself at least fall short and I was like, wow, imagine if that falling short was never there. You know, I would already, I would have so much light in my vessel right now, I probably could be healing the sick and doing, and even like Jesus talks about, I mean, God talks about even the powers to raise the dead. Like Jesus raised Lazarus out of the dead. He talks about, he who loves me and obeys my commandment, the works I do, he will do, and greater works than I do, he will also do. So mm-hmm. it's like this This is left for every man and woman to honestly apply. But at first, it, it takes, okay, you need to realize, well, one, that our powers are going to try to. That's why it's hard for us to sit down and indulge the Bible. I'm telling you, out of any other thing we want to indulge in the world, there's no force trying to oppose us from it. There's no force keeping people from watching television all night, watching all sorts of movies, scrolling on TikTok all day. There's not a force for that. But when you want to sit down and read the the scripture that cannot be broken, you find yourself being drawn away to futile things, things that really yep. have no value. And what is that? That is, those are the unseen powers. So let me ask you this before your time, and I'm gonna let Miss um, Arlene come on once your time run out. But let me ask you this: So when you go to read, do you just what do, do you just sit down and open the Bible and read? Do you pick a scripture? I mean, how do you know where to start or go in the Bible and read? Mm, that's a really good question. How do I know? Honestly, sometimes I will test the spirit of God and just try to open up to a random page. But I really mm-hmm. try to seek um. When I read, it's with the intention of feeding my spirit. That's the one thing. And with the intention of receiving spiritual gifts, I put that as an as an intention. So it changes it rather than just being just a normal, you know what I mean, just a, another common read. You heard the story. No, read it with the intention that your spirit is receiving universal secrets. 
And that's when you start to receive the spiritual gifts and the discernment and the visions and the foresight. You'll be able to see things before they even happen to you. You don't need to go to a fortune teller. God will reveal them to you, um, which is the craziest part. You know, God hates, he hates um, sorcery. He hates all that stuff and, mm-hmm. and you know, charms and incantations um, and all sorts of divination because his Holy Spirit can reveal to you for free. You know, you go to a fortune teller, you go to a psychic, you got to pay money for it. And the one thing I also learn about money, you know, since we live in such a physical when um when when this when this Arlene is done, I'll bring you back, um, Stacy. If you want to come back on, I'm gonna let her come up and speak because she's been waiting. Hey, Miss Arlene. Uh, I'm not gonna take up too much of your time. I know Stacy was saying some very very good stuff, dropping some. <laughs> He was dropping some very good gems and everything, but um, being I, you asked the question on how to approach the word, how do you know where to read the word? How do you know what to get from the word and where God is placing you? With a busy schedule that I have, I have a I have a room on Clubhouse called "It's Never Too Late," and so I had to seek God for what He wants me to share in that room on a weekly basis because it's every Tuesday morning. And then I do a Facebook Live every Tuesday evening. I've been doing that since November 2018. And then I have a mentorship program. And then I co-moderate with one of my friends in the room, Marriage is Not for the Faint. Let's pray. So I have a daily time with God that I spend with just me and him. And in that time, in that moment, it's about my heart. Making sure my heart is in the right posture making sure I'm I'm repentive, making sure there's nothing in my heart that could contaminate or stop the flow of what it is he wants to do through me. So that's my one-on-one time with him and in a, in, an, in time of intercession as well. And I do have an intercessory prayer group that I do on my Zoom every Sunday morning. So because of all of that, there's a daily time that I spend with the Father. And then I have a couple journals, not journals, um, uh, prayer books that I have that have scriptures. So in doing all of that, that flow and lifestyle of my life leads me to the word. And I read the word in different translations. I spend time with God in that word for him to reveal the revelation of that word. And when you approach the word of God, it's like asking questions because the word will answer itself because it's living and it's life. And as you approach the word, because it wasn't written to us, but it was written for us. So the word is living. So you could ask God questions, ask him, God, what does this mean? What does that mean? So in that, I do a lot of studying. I, I, I look up words that stand out to me so I can really get the revelational knowledge of what it means. And in my pursuit of wisdom, and I've been pursuing wisdom for a long time, God deals with me a lot in acronyms. I have a plethora of acronyms that God has given me. And in that, I look up those words, what it means. Then he gives me a breakdown of each letter and what it means. So that is a journey for yourself that your approach may be totally different than my approach, but that's based on your relationship with the father. So you just begin to ask him a question. God, where it is, are we going today? What's our journey today? 
what in your word you want me to understand that can add value to the passion that I have in my heart. The passion that you have in your heart is in the word. And that's the scripture you stand on for the passion in your heart. And God will begin to take you through those scriptures because there's one script, we call it a, a parallel comparison scriptures when I was in Bible college, where you may have one scripture in the Old Testament and then there's another another uh, translation of it in another scripture. So those scriptures that add value to what you're talking about, like men Mm -hmm. ought to always pray because you're talking about men, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. All of those scriptures pertaining to a man that you can add to the topics of what it is you're talking about now. And that will begin your journey into the word to get what you 